Hello and welcome to the Dad Whisperer. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Watson, and I'm so happy that you're joining me again here today. And because my passion is to help dads become heroes, this is a place where you'll hear relevant and practical topics that support that goal, especially when it comes to the dad-daughter relationship. And in case you're new to the program, here's the template that guides our conversation each week. On your mark, get set, go. So dads, I want you to envision yourselves standing side by side each other, getting ready to run your fathering race this week. And I'm on the sidelines as your coach saying on your mark, get set, go. On your mark is the topic or the theme. Get set as I'm going to fill that in with stories and stats. And go is always your practical action step where you can put your love for your daughters and your sons into action this week. Well, today my guest coach is a longtime friend of mine named Jay McKinney. And Jay and I met, mm, I'm guessing it was probably about 15 years ago, when we were both worship leaders at our respective churches, and we had the privilege one night of leading together on a team at my church. It just happened to be that night. And I loved his heart even then for worship. He's been a worship pastor. And later we connected when he was part of an a cappella group that many of you have probably heard of named Rescue, where he was on that team with a bunch of friends of mine, followed a few years later where we collaborated on a film project about dads and daughters. And what I remember most about that weekend of filming, and Jay and I were just talking about this before the show, is how much he ached to go home and see his girls. And when a dad is crazy in love with his girls, it oozes out. And I'm telling you, I am all about celebrating that. So what I can tell you is this is a dad who walks his talk. And today he's going to be sharing about a really grueling part of his story that has unfolded even in the years since we did that filming project. He's married to the love of his life, Allie, and they have two daughters, Macy and Ava, who are now 17 and 12. Welcome, Jay McKinney. Thank you. Awesome to be here. And being that we're both Portlanders, you know, it was so fun to connect today and do this talk, this conversation, which we are calling On Your Mark, Contending for Life in the Face of Death a dad's true story. So anybody listening says, okay, now I know what you mean, Dr. Michelle, about saying this is really a heavy one today. So I'm so grateful, Jay, that you're willing to open up a bit of your story today. So how about if you just begin by sharing about what your health journey has been like over the last seven years? Sure. Um, So 2013 uh, was probably the best shape of my life, I thought, and um, from from many standpoints, and suddenly re, uh, discovered in a fluke set of circumstances that I had a football-sized stage four uh, tumor growing in my body, kind of in the um, space be- uh, behind my stomach. Um, that set me on a, uh, particularly at that time, a three and a half year kind of fight for my life, many more tumors, surgeries, et cetera. Um, then I had a two, like a two-year reprieve, um, and then the battle started again, Fast forward to today, um, I've got two large tumors in me. Um, I'm kind of out of a lot of the options that I've had over the last, since 2013. So we're looking at creative out of the box ways to stay alive. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Creative ways to stay alive. And I don't know many dads who are, or men or friends even that are right in the middle of the process, which is why I know this is really raw and real for you today. Mm -hmm. Like you were at the doctor yesterday, the doctor's the day before, like this is happening right now for you. So, okay. Like I said, you're in the thick of things. I know this is intense. And I wonder if you could just open up a little bit more about like what's going on inside of you as a dad, when you look at your daughters, you know, here they are heading into adolescence and in adolescence and a lot of stuff coming up for them while under the same roof, you're dealing with really intense realities yourself. 
what are you thinking about? What are you feeling as you look at your daughters in this season? It's such a mixture of wanting them to to learn things that they could through this with me, particularly about the reality of Christ and his comfort in my life um, and the strength he gives, but also wanting to balance just letting them have their life and not have it if where I can not be affected by <laughs> what's going on in my life. So there's a, there's a constant balance of what to let them in on and, and, but also how to keep life going for them and lighthearted enough to where this doesn't consume them. So how do you open up conversations with them? My wife and I spend a lot of time thinking through what's the smartest um, thing to say. And it varies a little between my oldest and my youngest, obviously, especially early on in this, because my youngest was so much younger. Mm-hmm. Um, so we try to err on facts mm-hmm. and keep drama out of it. Here's what, here's what dad's doing now. Here's what, here's what they said. Here's what my upcoming... Tr- we, always, we always keep in front of them, well, here's what we're trying next. Okay. Um, as kind of the main thing. And then we let them ask questions. And does that make sense? Yeah. So what's the emotional climate like in your house? Because I, I know, again, as one of four daughters, emotions tend to sometimes get funneled through other areas. Yeah. Oftentimes I say the thing you think is the thing isn't the thing. Yeah. So maybe sometimes they're not even knowing that a reaction over here has anything to do with their dad's you know, health crisis. Yes. But what's the emotional yeah. Um, Conversation. I, what are those like? I think for me, I have to really spend time keeping my connection with, with the Holy Spirit open because I think I have a heightened level of irritation, I guess, on the trivial. Um, if, if there's a, a natural uh, conflict between sisters or whatever about a brush or whatever, right, right. my brain and heart right now will go to the fact of um, on a heightened level of where does this fall and the importance of eternity and how long I'm going to be around. And so um, the, um, I think the, the majority of the emotions that need to be handled in the home in the day to day are a private conversation between me and, and God mm-hmm. and every, and cause I don't want to manipulate or dramatize and, or use what I'm going through. I don't want that to be how I end an argument so I'm constantly balancing because you're right you could say I trump you right like like you think you have it bad okay come on let me tell you about my day exactly yeah that's a that's a powerful way to say it is you've got to get grounded first as a dad Mm -hmm. but but I can't imagine Jay honestly what this is like where you're juggling you know the pain in your body the fear that you most likely have of not knowing how long you'll be around I mean what's that like on the inside of you ah it's it's um it changes day to day. It changes hour to hour. Um, I have moments where I can feel myself um, spiraling, <laughs> and uh, I feel the Holy Spirit quickly pick me up and remind me what I'm what I'm grateful for. How much I, I have come to realize that um, I'm in no different boat than anybody listening, as far as our uncertainty of how much time we have. I just happen to have a clarified reality of possibly a much shorter time for me. And, and in some ways um, that's been a gift. It's, mm. it's been a gift of perspective um, that I a- almost wish everybody could have because before this, I thought I was invincible and I, and I never, I didn't, um, I wasn't nearly as grateful 
for the little things in life. And now I'm massively grateful for literally every single day. Yeah. And that's the thing I've, I've watched you on Facebook Live. You're a great one to keep people updated on Caring Bridge and on that. And what always blows me away, and again, this is where I could get emotional just sitting here looking at you, is that you always are pointing people up. Like, look at what God is doing. Look at the bigger picture. And I'm like, how can you do that in the middle of the crisis? How do you do that? Well, two ways. One is because he's constantly doing that for me. And then not only is he doing that for me, but I constantly hear in almost audible ways him saying, so use this, use mm-hmm. this, use this to point to me. Yeah. So, so he's comforting me. He's reminding me of the bigger picture. And then he's just saying now in, in some ways you have a, your suffering has given you a platform. Mm. Use it to point to me. Wow. So what does that look like then with your daughters? Like, do you have one-on-one conversations with them? Are they different? Do you, do you try to, because you're so intentional about clarifying and pursuing their hearts. Do you tend to go into their rooms and check in regularly? How are you doing? Let's talk about this. Or do you say, I'm not going to bring it up if they don't bring it up? Um, I definitely am very intentional on checking in with them. If they want to steer it towards this uh, my my health, then I'll go there. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I err more, much more on the side of checking in with just them, their their life. You know, and I imagine that dad's listening. I appreciate you saying, I'm not the only one going through a hard thing. Like right. everybody has something hard. It could be a failing marriage, a failing, you know, business. It could be any kind of things. It could be parents failing health or whatever, something loss. Right. And yet you're saying as a dad, if you get too consumed, is that kind of what you're saying on your own stuff you're gonna miss being present for your girls oh yeah yeah absolutely but again there's this balance right and and um god has brought my wife and i together we we both have different strengths and different we were raised different and have different perspectives so i err on say everything my wife errs on be very very careful mm-hmm. and god has really used our two sides i think to to find a really good middle ground on how we share all this with them. So I love, you didn't say this, but I always say women are really good at reading between the lines. Men read the lines. <laughs> Tell me if I just read between the lines accurately to say that you do listen to Allie sometimes. Okay, let's find a balance. I would say everything. Allie's like, don't say that. Oh so, my gosh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, we're very, very, very different. And yet we, we have a strong desire to have a unified front in, mm-hmm. in what comes out. Yeah. And so that's, that's a, a daily that's a daily challenge. Yeah, daily challenge, but you're committed to it, I can tell. Yeah. You know, you wrote a poem because you've posted things on Caring Bridge and you didn't even know this, but I saved this poem because I was so touched by it. Would you be willing to read this poem to dads that are listening? Yes, absolutely. And and for me, um me writing is is a lot of times because I have so many jumbled thoughts in my head and writing clarifies it for me mm-hmm. what i'm feeling um so this poem was actually uh to to my daughters and my wife it kind of goes to both it starts with my daughters um, i want to walk you down the aisle see him take your hand in joy i want to be there when you find out if it's a girl or if it's a boy i want to date you on each friday taking pictures in the rain i want to take out the garbage for you and hold you to ease your pain things simple and things profound when life is less and life is more these are just some things I want to be around for. I want to make each of you smile with a dumb dad joke now and then. 
I want to bring calm when there is chaos again and again. I want to travel to Paris or maybe just the grocery store. I want to go to all these places with you. I want all of this and more. Things simple and things profound when life is less and life is more. These are just some things I want to be around for. Okay, people are getting Kleenexes out for this one. Wow, these are just some of the things I want to be around for. Wow, thank you for reading that. Yeah. Because even as I hear that poem and know it comes, like you said, from the depths of your heart to organize some of your thoughts and your focus, I would love to just ask, like, how are you mindful? What are you thinking about now, even compared to a year ago, knowing that your health crisis, is that the right word? It's more intense now. Your health, your health overall is in a different place than it was a year ago. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's what we say. What do you think about now compared to a year ago when it comes to your daughter's? I think a, um, a really keen sense of the short window of time that they're in my home and how to maximize it. That's, that's, a, that's what's on my mind, particularly my 17-year-old um, blink of an eye and, and, and she's, she's gone from the, from the home and how to maximize the little bit of time whether in my home, let alone whether or not what happens in my health journey. Exactly. And like you said, this has clarified what's important for you. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're just joining us today, I'm Dr. Michelle Watson, the Dad Whisperer, and I'm talking with my friend Jay McKinney about what it looks like for a dad to contend for life in the face of death as he's dealing with a significant, intense health crisis of his own with tumors and cancer, and here he's in his mid-40s, but he's saying this is clarifying for him every single day with his two daughters so that he's focused on what really matters, making those daily deposits into their heart and life. Well, that word contending, I love that you came up with that, contending for life. So I got to just ask you, what is contending? What does that look like right now for you? Well, first of all, the reason why I love the word contend is because the word struggle, which is not a bad word, but the word struggle to me falls on the side of victim in my mind, whereas contend is very hopeful and it's very intentional. So what does contend look like? To me, it looks like uh, there's a phrase in my mind that I say a lot. I do what I can, when I can, while I can. So rather than look at all the things that limit different things I want to do, whether it's physically or or whatever, um, I try to ask myself, what am I capable of? Mm -hmm. What am I capable of from um, a nutrition standpoint? What am I capable of from um, seeking, seeking God and hearing his voice? What am I capable? Like, just focus on what I can do. Because we get paralyzed when we think of what's been taken away or what's limited, mm-hmm. when in reality, there's still hundreds and thousands of things proactively that we could do to, to maximize life. And what are some of the things you're doing practically right now with Macy and Ava to do exactly that? You know, a big thing for me is, is, is presence. So um, I have kind of worked really hard to line up the ability in my life to not miss anything. For example, after, after this, I'm going to be racing over to the other side of town and my youngest doesn't even know it. She's getting an award at school today. I don't even know what the award is, but I'm going to be there. Yeah. Um, so I've even tried to arrange, um, by God's grace, my career to where I can be as present as possible um, for them. To me, that's a huge uh, choice of contending is presence yeah. with them. I love that. That, that gift of presence, I, I'm with you. I think even, I always talk to dads about, we can tell as women when you're half listening or when you're half there, or you're on your phone. Mm-hmm. So I imagine you didn't say it, but that you are very probably intentional about not looking at your phone when you're oh, with them. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. See, you didn't even tell me that, but I was like, I was feeling you. I was like, right. You're like, I don't know how much time I have left. I want them to know dad saw them was present, engaged. Yeah. I mean, just as you say that, you know, my youngest came home yesterday and she had taken a personality test at school and I had, you have that choice, right? She wanted to tell me all about it. And you have that split second choice. Am I going to half listen to this or am I going to pour myself into hearing what she's saying? Um, and so, yes, more and more, I'm trying to pour myself into listening. Because probably right then, you didn't know that's what she was going to be telling you going, I, that would have helped if I could have prepared myself. <laughs> but on the fly, right. you've got to adjust, course correct and be there, mm-hmm. which I love. You have a quote. Now, see... I've been following you because this is, you know, on Facebook, everybody find Jay McKinney because you're going to be encouraged by his story through this journey. But you have a quote that you you made a graphic of it. And I literally took a screenshot and saved it. And I just want to read it and see if you could say anything about this. You said, if I allow fear to rule my life and put fear above my relationships, I can be very much alive, yet still lose intimacy with those I love most. That is good truth there, Jay McKinney. <laughs> Say more about that. Well, well, Michelle, honestly, I've always felt like I'm a much better writer than speaker. <laughs> okay. Um, well, you're killing it today. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, no, I, uh, to me, you know, perfect love cast out fear. So I, f- I feel like my relationship with God, um, God is constantly seeking to eliminate fear in my life and replace it with his love and his hope and his security. And absolutely, I want that process to have an impact and mark on my daughters. You know, and just talking about that fear piece, you know, I think sometimes men are taught, you know, never let them see you cry. You can't admit fear. Do you ever feel fear in your home? Or is that something you as a dad contend for in terms of kicking it to the curb and not partnering with it? Oh, I absolutely feel fear. Absolutely. But, um, but one thing I've tried to do in my life is be real about it with God and be real and find ways to be real about it with my wife or real about it with my daughters in certain moments, but to also show them where I go with that. Yeah. Who I go to with that yeah come on now because if i try to project that i never have fear doubt whatever i'm i'm setting up an unrealistic walk of with christ for them exactly and then they can't admit they have fear Mm -hmm. so then they can come to you when they're afraid yeah do they ever see you cry yeah my daughters have seen me weep (laughs) yeah yeah um some of i just as you say that one of the I don't even remember the three or four set of circumstances that undid me, um, but I remember uh, sobbing in my room. This was probably four or five months ago and having Macy come and just sit with me for about 20 minutes and Mm. console me. Um, It was an amazing moment. And there didn't need to be a lot of other words. No, there didn't. But you were in the process together. Yeah. So in other words, she gave you the gift of her presence. Yeah. Because her dad had modeled what that looks like. Yeah. It was a sweet moment, actually. Wow. What did that feel like to have, in a way, the tables turned, where she was now there for you in that moment? What it felt like is um, it just brought us closer together and solidified more of a, of a bond yeah. than we already had, which was very strong. You know, you're reading out of the textbook of of the work I do with clients that I work with a lot of intense trauma, and that's called a trauma bond. Mm. It's the strongest bond two people can have. 
is when you've been in a traumatic event together and yet it changes you for the better. Mm -hmm. You never forget that moment. I love that. Well, let me even ask you, I've thought of another question for you, which is what would the J now tell the J 10 years ago? So this is pre your cancer diagnosis, all the surgeries. I mean, that's, that's a big question. It's like, what would the 45-year-old Jay tell the 35-year-old Jay who doesn't know what's coming? Girls are still little. I'd say uh, you're not invincible. Get over your, um, your propensity to do everything on your own before you're forced to do that. I think one of the biggest changes over the last seven years is my ability to accept help from community and from loved ones. And it's a gift, not only to me, it's a gift to them because God's wa- God wants to use people to reach out and minister emotionally, financially, prayer. Um, and I used to try to, I used to project, I don't need any of that. Yeah. Um, and I need all, of, I, I, I need community. I need love. I need support. Um, and so I would tell Jay 10 years ago, accept that, get into community and, and before you're forced to. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There you go. And what has that been like for you in that process of letting people closer to help you? Well, it's just been mind-blowing. It's been one more massive sign in my life of something I already know, but that is that God is real, Yeah. that that God loves me, that God pursues me, that God ministers to me. And so, as he had shown me in many different ways in my life, through my dad and mom and whatever, now he also shows me in the body of Christ routinely. So what would you tell those dads listening that maybe are getting caught up in the stuff that doesn't matter? And you're here going, I have a clarified focus now. What would you tell that dad listening that maybe is a bit lost in the busyness of life? I would tell them to have some very honest conversations with God to start clarifying what truly is important. Not tr- less about trying to figure it out on their own and more just some really honest conversations with God saying, where, where am I off? Where's my perspective off? Yeah. And, and can you please highlight what's truly important? Which, in your word and through your Holy Spirit. Yeah, which is a great segue to my final question where I always end with a go step. So what would you tell those dads? Maybe it's part two of what you just said. What would you tell them to do today to actively pursue contending for life, knowing that none of us know, like you said earlier, how long we have on this earth? Uh, the thing that jumps right out is um, I, I think men should be far more intentional about guarding their own heart. And what I mean by that is, uh, what they're what they're watching, what they're listening, what they're f- um, fueling and feeding themselves with, because all of that will be what what they'll have in the moment to either not be able to respond to their daughters or to be able to respond in a way that uh, will build them up. That is powerful. I don't know that I've ever had someone say, "Men, guard your heart," which is Proverbs four twenty five. But you're saying, "Guard your heart" means watch what you look at, listen to. Because what comes out of you is affecting your daughters, whether you know it or not. Is that it in a nutshell? Oh my gosh, yes. (laughs) Okay. Well, everyone, you've been hearing my friend Jay McKinney today on your mark was contending for life in the face of death, a dad's true story. You've heard him talk about his health journey and his cancer and what that's done inside his heart and his life to have him clarify his focus with his two daughters. Between today and next week, dads, I encourage you to take his challenges to heart to say, guard your heart redefine your focus because you never know how much longer you have here on earth. Make every day matter. Is that it in a nutshell? Yes. (laughs) Okay. You did an awesome job of sharing your heart. And I know that was raw. I know that was real. Jay, thank you 
for being here and opening up your story. Thank you. Well, as always, you can go to my website at drmichellewatson.com where I have free resources. You can sign up for my bi-monthly Dad Daughter Friday blogs. There's also a link to Amazon where you can find my book, Dad, Here's What I Really Need From You, A Guide for Connecting With Your Daughter's Heart, which is also available now on Audible. Remember, you can always subscribe to the Dad Whisperer podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play, where you can listen back and share them with your friends. Well, this wraps up another week's program. It's been great to be here with you all. I'm Dr. Michelle Watson, the Dad Whisperer, signing off and encouraging you to make today a day where you intentionally and consistently invest in pursuing your daughter's hearts. Go Dads! Go Dads!